Good morning. I'm Jace. I'm not really a, a preacher, even though you might have confused me by the way I look. I'm a believer. It is interesting that uh, our brother Clay McConnell, I didn't plan on saying this, but when I heard him get up and speak, what a fantastic uh, revelation of what God does in our life. He's actually my partner in helping the world be a better place. People will give on this planet, they will give thousands of up to a hundred thousand dollars to go frog hunting in Louisiana with me and Clay. We've done it numerous times. And you say, why would people do that? I have no idea. <laughs> I believe it's because there is a God, He is alive. And when you throw in some, some danger, when you throw in... Adrenaline where you're out in the wild, especially in the yuppie world. So the last time we took a group of ladies from Chicago, Illinois, suburban moms, yuppies. What I didn't realize is that once this starts, because when we take them out there, they literally get on the front of the boat and they look a frog in the eye. And you're thinking, little frog, if you don't understand, these bullfrogs, if you stretch them out, they're this long. And they're strong. And when you grab them, they say, wait a minute. And you see the soul of human beings in that moment. And they begin to scream. <laughs> Nothing clear. And they scream. And they scream some more. It's a perfect setting to share why we help kids with special needs. But it's, a, it's an even more perfect setting in sharing Jesus. It's awesome. Surrounded by water. You see where I'm going with this? So thank you, Clay, for those words. Uh, got some bad news. I'm sure most of you are aware of this. Forever 21 went bankrupt. Some of y'all have yet to be with us here. Forever 21, it's a store that sells clothes for, I guess, people who want to look like they're 21. Or who are actually 21 in that range. So do you see the irony of this? How could Forever 21 go bankrupt? We're talking Forever 21. Do we have anyone in here that's 21? We need to go share Jesus with some 21-year-olds, looks like to me. <laughs> or just embarrassed you don't want to raise your hand. I want to tell you how you can be 21 forever. Galatians 3:26 and 27. We're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of us who were baptized into Jesus 
have clothed themselves with him. And then he says something really awesome. It doesn't matter where you're from, whether you're a Jew or a Greek. It doesn't matter what kind of collar you have on, your working class, blue collar, white collar, red collar. It doesn't matter if you're male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You put on Jesus. That's true. That's really the only way on the planet to be 21 forever. They'll start over. They'll regroup. They'll find some other niche. I love this country. I love this time of year. I go through a process as a duck hunter. I get to duck hunt three months out of the year. And then you enter... A time where you're getting ready to duck hunt. That lasts for nine months. But then, almost all of a sudden, it's like you're born again. Nine months. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) I tried. So I go around the country and uh, I give duck call seminars. That's my my draw, because duck calls are interesting. People think they make noises, and they call the ducks in over the decoys, and they shoot them, and they eat them. And we base that on Genesis 9. I introduce these godly principles. But one of the other things that I do is always try to think about our country And what makes it great, because I use that as a draw. And a lot of times I'll read the Declaration of Independence that says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that that all men, all men, are created equal. That they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights that among these our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I talk about life where in our culture we should value an unborn human way more than whatever animal we're discussing. And Romans 1 talks about chaos that ensues when that gets out of balance, where you try to protect some animal and a human life is discarded as garbage. That's a recipe for chaos. It's amazing our founding fathers, they were unashamed to say where we get these rights. Unashamed. And that may be watered down from time to time, but I believe it's our responsibility to remind people. That's what That's what makes this country great. So you say, well, does it work? You eventually, whether it's the ducks, and that makes me happy, I pursue that happiness. It may be LSU winning. People were happy last night. 
But God has given us way more than that to be joyful about. You know, we're a nation of laws. We have the Bill of Rights. But I got a newsflash for you. We're not from here. I want to read you Philippians chapter 3 and verse 18. We're just visiting. Now think about in Hebrews chapter 11 before I read Philippians 3 when you know, Abraham said he was considered a, a stranger and an alien. He was looking for a heavenly city that God had prepared. And then Philippians 3 says this. Verse 18, for as I've often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I'm letting that soak in. How could you be an enemy to that? But it's true. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. What are they going to eat? You realize that? The number one thing on a lot of people's minds are what are they going to eat? Or maybe their six-pack abs. Their glory is their shame. You see this in all sorts of late-night activities. (laughs) How many people... You can have sex with or what kind of party you can go to and it's waiting on the weekend or how much money I got and this pursuit of temporary glory on a planet where you didn't choose life. It was given to you and that you're just visiting. That's a universal truth. We're kind of all illegal aliens if you think about it. Their mind is on earthly things. So I talk about that in my speeches. I'm like trees. They don't need hugs. They're trees. (laughs) You try to get people to focus on what matters. Like global warming. Yes, I believe in global warming. 2 Peter 3 is clear. At some point, you will hear a sound. I practice making that sound. And this place will get really warm. Simultaneously, Jesus is coming back. So don't focus on earthly things. Now watch this next verse. This is where we've come to in this moment. Our citizenship is in heaven. See, that's where we're from. Acts 17, verses 25 and such, says that God gives all men life. You know, David the psalmist said that we're knitted together in our mother's womb. I believe that. Because all of a sudden I went to be from being lost and afraid 
with a poor self-image to thinking, well, wait a minute, God did this on purpose. It's a good thought when you're looking at the mirror. Instead of a frown, you're like, oh yeah, God did this. And he did good. It's okay. You're bragging on God. He determined the exact places where you should live and the exact times. He did this so you'd reach out for him, seek him, and find him. Acts 17 says that. We are therefore God's offspring. That's what it says. You're made on purpose, sons and daughters of God. Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. The real Forever 21. I just love that. I try to take things that the world uses to make money. They're like, buy this shirt and you may perhaps be Forever 21. Lie! You want to be 21 forever? Yeah, I want in on that. Well, let me introduce Jesus to you. Hey, and look, they have no shame when it comes to this. They take toilet paper, do the same thing. Charmin has a new brand out. It's a looks like a wagon wheel. That's what I'm going to get Si for Christmas. Sorry I ruined the surprise, Si. You know what they call it? Forever. Forever roll. Charmin Forever Row. Google it. $8.99. $8.99. Then it says in small letters, it'll last you a month. <laughs> what happened to this forever stuff? You say, well, why did they come out with it? They came out with it because their competitor has a brand called AngelSoft. Some of y'all are not getting this. How in the world did you determine... The softness of the spiritual world. Angel soft? I think they just did that so you'd buy it. Our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And that's how you're forever 21. So I want to share something with you today because where our world, what they need, what we need in this audience is a way in this life to start over. You just think about it. There's no pause button. There's no time out, okay? Life gets to going. We make bad decisions. In moments, we do look at and focus on earthly things. And we make mistakes. And the world speeds up. And you're not getting any younger. And it's just hard to start over. You know, in our country, what they do is if you break the law, they'll put you in prison. And rightfully so. That's why it's a good place to live. And when you die, they put you in the ground. And I didn't realize that that's a law. It's good for the cemetery business, I guess. But with Jesus, with God our Father, He actually does the opposite. We break the law and He says, here's my grace. 
That's what we just communed together. It's the cross. Now, you may be in prison, but you can be free. You can start over. And they will put us in the ground, but he proved that can't hold you. So I want to share something with you today in the book of John, chapter 1. I want to share with you our declaration as those who are waiting on Jesus to return and not surprised when he does come. I want to share with you our declaration of dependence. Declaration of dependence? Yep. I searched this to and fro to see how many rights we have in Jesus. I came up with one that's a really good one. I'm going to read it first and then we'll see how we got there. John 1.12 Yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Did that just say you that God gave you the right to become a child of God? That's what it looks like, it says. Children born not of natural descent. Doesn't matter where you're from. That's why I started in Galatians 3, 26 and 27. Born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will. But born of God. You can be born again. You can actually start over in life. And you have the right to do it. Now where did that right come from? You can always guess five letters and it's always right. And this time it actually is right. Thank you. We got one person following along. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, the Word became flesh in verse 14. We've seen His glory. He came from the Father, and He was full of grace and truth. You know, Moses, verse 17, the law came. I heard a guy say the other day, that was a, a good mirror for us. God gave us a mirror, the law. We looked and said, we don't measure up. And then here came Jesus, and he brought a shower. He gives you grace. He gives you God's riches. He gives you what you don't deserve. The possibility, the promise that you can be forever 21 and redemption from your sins. So why does he have that kind of authority? I, I pick three things that are qualities about Jesus that are better than any other qualities you'll find in life. Especially on this earth. But you know, Jesus had many names. Emmanuel, God with us. He was deemed the Messiah and the Christ. And But his favorite reference from me reading this was, I am. He'd get in a situation and he would just say, you know, before Abraham was, I am. 
When Thomas was wondering how they were going to get there, they were scared. He was like, I'm going to leave and prepare a place for you. Same kind of place Abraham was thinking. They're like, well, how are we going to know the way? John 14. He said, oh, I am the way. The truth. And the life. I am life. And you see it in verse 2. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Now, I think he proved that. You start reading, you know, John chapter 2, Jesus invented the hold my wine and watch this. Yeah. See that water? Bam! Wine. You say, what kind of person does that? One who is life. You look around this planet at the hundreds of thousands of life creatures. So when it came to the end and he died, Peter was trying to explain that. You say, well, why did Jesus become a human? Because God can't die. He's life. He is life. He didn't say, you know what, I think I'm going to decide to live. No, he's just life. He's eternal. So he became a human so he could die. But guess what? Acts 2 is a... Oh, this is a head scratcher. Peter's preaching after Jesus flies off without a spaceship. How can you do that? Because he's just life. He controls the atoms and the molecules. Verse 24 of Acts 2 says, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony or the frustration of death. You see, it was like an irritant to Jesus. Yeah, you know why it was an irritant? Because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He can't die. I just love that. That's why he's the bridge to heaven, Hebrews seven sixteen. That's what priest means, the go-between between God and humans. Hebrews seven sixteen says that. He's our high priest. Why? Based on the fact of being indestructible. You say, is that what that says? That's what it says. He is life. And he's given us. Evidence that point us to that fact. In your body, you have DNA. It's a code, complex code. Chemicals, four chemicals, they try to make sense of the code and it gives instruction to your cells. Do you realize in the history of civilization that there's no record of life coming from no life? And information and instruction coming from nothing. And we have the most complex code in our body. Where if you took a teaspoon of it, of DNA, you could hold all the knowledge. All the books written in the world. Right there. 
It reminds me of the last verse in John that says if everything Jesus did while he was on the earth was written down, there wouldn't be enough books in the entire earth to record what happened. Mind blown. So if you stretch out your DNA, it could actually go throughout the galaxy. Just yours. Secondly, he says, I am light. He said, I'm the light of the world. You ever think about light? First thing God did was what? Let there be light. So the atheist says, and we love atheists because, and I brought through the power of the Holy Spirit and the message of Jesus, many of them to the Lord. Because they're so passionate and they want to argue. And you say, well, why? Because they see the same evidence of life you see. And so they question whether there's a God. Because if they can out-argue you, then they don't have to worry about the existence of God and they go out there and do whatever they want to. And they'll put you in the ground and it'll be over. How encouraging. And I love them because they're seeking, they're searching, they're seeing the evidence. When you read 1 Timothy, I want to read this. It's, it's a must read. 1 Timothy 6 Listen to this in verse 13. In the sight of God who gives light to everything of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. Jesus said, yeah, I'm not from this world. That was his good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings, Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light. We all agree on one thing. There was a bang and this thing started. I read the material not from the religious world. I I read the material from the non-God-believing world. And they say there was an explosion of light. Now they focus on why, where, how, when, what. I focus on who. They don't ask who. You say, what, what does this have to do with... Jesus being light. Did you know, I read this, the name of this study, this is not a Christian publication. The name of it was the human, a study of biophotons. The human body emits, communicates with, and is made from light. That's what got my attention. We have these particles in our body. That worked with our atoms and molecules. And he wrote this article trying to explain the healing process. To us, we know. I know the source of that. But to those without God who do not put their faith and trust to God, the healing process gives them some problems. Because they can patch you up. They can put some staples and some sutures. But guess what they do then? They just wait. And something magical happens. And they say, you know, it's almost like matter is being created. So this guy does a study, and he says, I, I figured it out. 
these biophotons are working with your atoms and your molecules and with your belief system. Because they had to come up with a way to explain why some people, they look at the x-ray and they say, boy, you got about three weeks to live. And about three years later, they say, I thought I only had three weeks to live. And they say, what's the power of being positive? So we have these light particles. And I agree with this guy. Even though he's not a Christian, I believe that that light is in our bodies. And guess where it's found? Guess where these biophotons are found? You have them. Guess where they're at? In your DNA. Just right there, right next, right beside the most complex code ever devised in the history of mankind. Oh, man. And third, God is love. First John 4 just comes out and says it. God is love. And this is love for God. Not that you loved him, that he sent his son Jesus to die. And you see that even on our planet. You see the DNA of God on our planet. When a soldier jumps on a grenade to save his friends, whether he's a believer or not, you see that kind of love. You see it when a fireman goes into a house. He don't care what color you are, where you're from. You say, oh, he's doing that because he's getting paid to do it. No. (laughs) Not at that moment. He's displaying unconditional love. We just saw our brother from Harding who was shot in his apartment eating ice cream by a cop who thought she was in her apartment. We just saw a couple weeks ago, they sentenced her to 10 years and the brother of our brother gets up there. And now he gets to share how he feels about this situation, this cop taking his brother's life. And he said, I want to forgive you. I want you to come to Jesus and I want to give you a hug. And then the judge is moved, gets this on national TV, goes over there and does what? Reads John 3.16. I was going to show that on video, but... You know, a guy lost his life, and we want to respect that. These commentators, it was so funny, because it was like, there's some, the judge has some book. It's some statute, and, you know, I've never seen this. Ron, have you? No, I have no idea what's going on. They're sharing Jesus. They're displaying unconditional love. A father... Will cover his two kids during a tornado. He loses his life. His kids are saved. Jesus himself said, No greater love has a man than he lay down his life for his friends. He proved that, didn't he? We said all that to say, You look around. That's the evidence that there is a God. Light, life, love. Jesus showed us the way. You ever think about why Jesus was baptized? Wasn't because he had any sin. The Holy Spirit descended on him. He never did a miracle without it. 
And God said three things. This is my son whom I love. And this pleases me. He showed us that we can exercise that right. Because the next chapter in John chapter 3. He shared the way. Nicodemus came to him. Evidently he was at the party where the water got turned to wine. He's like, how are you doing these miracles? And Jesus said, you need to be born again. Can't see the kingdom without it. There's your right. Exercise your right. You can start over. Can you imagine going to a religious leader? And he's like, how do you, you know, put on such a great performance? He said, well, you need to be born again. He said, well, I don't understand. How can a man be born when he's old? And he goes to the spirit. Because those three qualities, life, light, and love, that comes from heaven. That comes from the Spirit of God. Verse 9, Nicodemus said, how can this be? Verse 12, he said, I've spoken to you of earthly things and you don't believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? And then he says this famous passage, for God so loved the world. There's the love. You say, where's the light? Verse 19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. John 3, 21. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. So we said all this to say this. Jesus is the way. God is pursuing you. If you do not make it to forever being 21, it was not God's fault. He gave you the evidence. He gave you his son. And he gave you the right to say, yes, I want to be born again. That's why the eunuch, when he was traveling around with Philip, he said, here's some water. He didn't say, you think I ought to do this? I had a fellow ask me one time, he said, well, you know, what happens if uh, I'm in a place where there's no water? And my redneck buddy said, you won't be there long. Some of y'all are just now getting that. You gotta have water. <laughs> Jesus went to a cross for you. Jesus said, I've spoken openly to the world. And when Jesus said this, one of the officials struck him. Jesus said, I'm king. I'm not from this place. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And they twisted a crown of thorns. They put a purple robe on him. They spit on him. They mocked him. They struck him. They drove nails in his hands and feet. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The rulers sneered. The soldiers mocked him. Save yourself if you're God. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, 
Into your hands I commit my spirit. He surrendered. His surrender for your sins was our ultimate victory. The same thing happened right there. You hear what Jesus did, and you run to the water. If you go back and read Genesis 1-1, the earth was formless and empty like some of our lives. And it said the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. Genesis 1-1. I believe the Holy Spirit still hovers over the waters. It's still hovering over the waters. I see the light. I see the life. I see the love. We're not from this place. we got the Holy Spirit of God in us. I will guarantee you there's somebody in here that missed that. So I'm going to ask you at this moment to exercise your God-given right and start over. In Jesus. If you need to do that, I'm going to ask you to come as we gather, stand, and sing this song.